0: Yud on the top line, the new Mishnah. We've reached the point where the uh, Megillah, the psukim that are going to be written out, and then once the ink dries, scraped off into the water is done. So, Baloy Lichtai uh, there at that point, Makum Persha which is Bamidbar Parake, what exactly is being written? We're going to have a three-way machlokas tanoim. Um, I would certainly have a chumash open at this point. We're going to really be focusing on uh, from Psukim Yud Tes nineteen until Pasuk uh, Chaf Bays. so 19, 20, 21, and twenty two. Um, everyone agrees that the part that's written is from those psukim. It's just a question of which part of those psukim. So the first opinion says that you start from the second. Part of pasuk yud tes me from im loy ish if a man did not uh, lie with you that man that you were warned against and then continue on to pasuk chaf veat kisatis si and if you were we'll say uh, unfaithful uh, while you were married veeno kosev then he's going to skip a little bit I underline Eno kosev at the beginning of pasuk chaf aleph. When it says, The Kohen will then administer the shvua to the woman. That part is sort of telling the Kohen what he's supposed to do. That is not written. But then uh, the writing picks up, The second part of Pasuk Chaf Aleph, when the Pasuk says, Hashem uh, The Lord should place you for like a, uh, a curse and an oath. And then the beginning of Pasuk, And then the uh, water, the cursed waters, these cursed waters will go into your innards. To explode your stomach and collapse your thighs. Ve'enokosev Again underline kosif This is the second part That's being skipped uh, Essentially the second Part of Pasuk Chav when When uh, The Torah tells us What the woman's response Has to be Which is Quote Ve'amra Ha'isha The woman responds Amen Amen That part is not written So basically According to the first opinion You start from the middle of Pasuk you test, You go into All of Pasuk Chav Skip the first part of Chav Aleph Write Right the second part of Aleph, write the first part of Chaf Beis, and then skip the end of Chaf Beis. That, will say, is the Tanakama. Rabbi Yossi, who we box, the second of three opinions, Oymar, lo hayamafsik, no, no, there's no stops. So those two places that we said that would not be written, Rabbi Yossi says, once you start in the second half, of Pasuk Yudas, you continue all the way through. Rabbi Yehuda, who we box, is the third and last opinion, Aymer. Kol Atzmai Eino Koysev, Reb is the one who says the least amount is written. He says uh, the only part that's written, Kol Atzmai Eino Koysev, Ella starting from the second half of Pasuk Hav Aleph, Yiten Hashem Moisach, La'alah Shlua, and then the first part of Pasuk Hav Be'ez, Uvo Hamayim HaMe'arim HaElev HaMe'ayich, Ve Eino and he would not write the closing of Pasuk Hav Be'ez, V'amra Isha, Amen, Amen. Three different opinions of what's written. Uh, Rabbi Yehuda would have the least amount written, Rabbi Yosu would have the most, and the Tanakama would be in the middle, we'll just call the Tanakama. that's what the, is going to call him Rabbi Mayer. often a Stam Mishnah, uh, an opinion in a Mishnah without uh, the name is assumed to be Rabbi Mayer. So the Gemara now asks what essentially is the point of Machlokas between these three opinions? Well, Baha'i Kra Kamifligi, their disagreement is based on how you understand this Pasuk, which is also in Parsha Saitet, it's Pasuk Chav Gimel, and it says V'kasav es ha alois ha ha-koin b'sefer Roughly translated is the kohen, uh writes out in a sefer these alois ha Alois ha ele. So let's see the way everyone learns it Rebbe Mayer who I circled over here. Four lines later, middle line is Rabbi I circled him. And two lines below that, first two words in the line is Rabbi I circled him. So what we're going to do is go over each one of the three opinions and see how they understand specifically those two words, Ha-Alois, ha So Reb Meir Savar, the Pasa could have said, Vikasav Es-Alois. It could have just said Alois, which that would seem to imply the Alois Mamish, like the curses themselves. Okay, that would be maybe second half of pasuk aleph, first half of pasuk chaf Beis, That's it. When the pasuk says ha I double underline the hey, the additional hey. These alois is coming to include just like alois was coming to include something to be written. So to the ha is larabais I squiggle underline the rabbi's that word Klalois, Habaois, machmas Brachois. That would be coming to include essentially pasuk yud. Tests. That's the klalois, which we figure out from what the brachas. If the bracha is one thing, then if it's not bracha, it's going to be what you would get for the klala. Eile, I put that word in quotation marks, it could have said, Ha'alois Eile, Lemeute, that's coming. These, meaning these and something else not, Lemeute, Klalois, mishnah Torah. When the tyra in Dvarim repeats uh, things that have to do with uh, curses, any sort of uh, curse, and there's also in Vayikra you have that. You do not have to write any of those in. And then, finally, when Passo didn't say Eila, it said Ha Eila, uh, double underline the He, the He is Darshnaz, the Meute, that comes to exclude the Tzav'ais, the parts of the Psukim that tell the characters who should be doing uh, what, which is essentially like the Kohen has to administer the Shvuah, which was in uh, the first part of Passo Aleph or the second part of Pasuk Hav where it says, and the woman responds, Amen, Amen, that's not written. Lameute, text, the tzavah of who should be doing what, and the kabal amen, that she would respond. That's where Rebbe mayor learns those uh, psukim. Rebbe Yosi, who we also had noted, Kulu Kedika Amris, would learn everything the same way as Rebbe Meir, however, the S... In the Pasuk, uh, which I believe is Pasuk Chaf Gimel, that S term is the Rabbis that comes to include also the Tzavois and the Kabalois. The Tzavois would be the first part of Pasuk Chaf Aleph. The Kabalois would be the last part of Pasuk. Chaf Beis. Those are also written down in the Megillah and then scraped off into the water. Okay, why didn't Rebbe Mayer say that? Rebbe Mayer, well, he doesn't hold that the term S is a significant enough term to be darshanable. Rabbi Meir, esim, uh, when the Torah uses the term S, like it did in Pasuk Chav Gimel, the Kasav Es Ha'Allah, is lo darish. He doesn't see that as being significant enough to be darshanable. Finally, Rabbi Yehuda, who is the third opinion, the third snake opinion in the Mishnah, kulhu he learns everything... That's uh, here as being a mute coming to tell you don't write this and not this and not this. So when it says you write the alois, that's alois mamash. That's the parts of the psukim, which would be the uh, first part, the second part, excuse me, Pasuk Chaf Aleph and, f- and the first part of Pasuk Chaf Beis. That's it. When the Pasuk says ha I double underline the hey, the additional hey, these alloys, that's actually coming to exclude the ma'ute, the klolois habayis, machmas, brachas, that would come to exclude the klaloys, machmas, that come from the brachis, which is essentially pasuk, yud, tes. The pasuk then continues and uses the word a'le, these, le that would come to exclude the klaloys, habayis, machmas, the uh, various curses that are maybe in uh, varim or vaikra, and ha, Ela, that would come to exclude lemute, a lot of Lameutes here, actually three, Lemute, the Tzavois, and the Kabbalois, uh, who's supposed to be doing what, and the woman's acceptance by saying a double amen. Okay, period. That's the um, sort of workings of those three tineic opinions and how they get to what they get to. Rebbe Meir, the Gemara now has two questions in Rebbe Meir. Here's question number one, and uh, three lines later. The beginning of the line, they'll say Veha That would be question number two. So, according to Rabbi Mayer, now if you look at Rabbi Mayer, the way we analyzed it, the He letter on the one hand is coming to be marba things, and the other hay level letter is coming to be memay. So, according to Rabbi Mayer, maishna hi hey the He in front of the word aloz demarbibe that we use that to include things hi hey the other letter He, of the word ela de moibe, that we use it to exclude a certain phrase. Well, simply enough, Rabbi Mayer says if the word itself is used as a rebui, the addition of the he will be a further rebui. And if the use of the word is a mute, the he at the beginning will come to add an additional mute. Hey degabe ribui ribui hu, hey degabe miuta. Mi that's the uh, end of the first question second question rabbi mayer faha rabbi mayer doesn't rabbi mayer not subscribe to the principle of Michalav, atashmei hayin that from what the torah says that won't happen you can infer what will happen so if rabbi mayer doesn't hold of michlalav atashmei Hain, uh, we've heard him say that in uh, other Gemaras. Um, then, when it says im ya'avru lo ya'avru by the Gad uh, if it wouldn't have been machmelit, uh, then we wouldn't have known what the other result would be if they took the other choice. Michalav, you don't know the hein you have to write them both out. So if a mayor doesn't agree with Michal Avotash how can he have the first part written out and tell you that that would be if this is what happens if she's innocent, then we'll know what happens if she is guilty. Or if it tells us what she happens if she's guilty, how would we know that she's innocent? Amrav Tanchum, actually it does, it doesn't say it outright, but it actually hints to it, Hinaki The word hinaki is you should be for the word like naki, clean, which is a bit of an unusual word or innocent. It also has if you replace the hay for the drasha purposes with a ches chinaki, which is chenek, which is strangulation. Essentially, what will happen to the uh, so it's a woman? Uh, she will die if she is guilty. Period. We got a little bit about Goritzah from here till the bottom line. Um, I underlined this whole line. Ish, a man and a woman together in a relationship. Zachu, if they merit, if they have a good fear of Shamayim, then the Shchina dwells amongst them. If they don't merit to have that and don't work on that, Ish, oichla san. The word Ish, Aleph, Yud, Shin, and the word Isha, Aleph, Shin, Hey, both share the letters Aleph and Shin. So if they merit, they have the Shekhinah the Ish has the Yud of Hashem's name uh, in it. The Isha has the Hey of Hashem's name in uh, that letter. If they do not merit and the Yud and the Hey disappear, then they're both just uh, fiery uh, tempers and negativity. Amar Rava, underline Rava's name. We're going to have a number of drushes by Rava, at least four coming up now. Ude'isha Adifa Mide'ish. If you have a woman who is uh, unfaithful, the destructive nature of that is even more intense uh, than that of the man. They're both bad, but the woman's is more because of the very nature of the word itself. High Mitzaref. If you take the letter, which represents uh, the letter of the Shem Hashem, out of Isha, well, the Aleph and Shin are connected to each other immediately. Whereas by a man, the Aleph and Shin were one letter away, and it is not as immediate. Amar Rava, underline his name again. Why does the Torah say, That you should bring dirt. What's the um, on a certain level the significance of dirt? Well, to tell you the following. Zachsa, if really she's innocent, she will merit to have a son like none other than Avramavinu Avinu. And because it's written in reference to Avraham, Afar So you see the Afar word uh, written in reference to Avraham. If she is not merit, meaning she was really guilty, well, she'll be returning very quickly to the dust of the earth. Darsh Rava, i Rava's name again, Avinu. In the merit that Avram, our forefathers, said, quote, three words, we just had this quote, Vanoichi Afar I am but uh, dirt and ashes. Zachubanov, his great, uh, great, great grandchildren, in other words, the Jewish people, merited leshtay mitzvahs, two special mitzvahs that have to do with dirt and ashes. Ashes—that would be the efer para, the ashes of the para duma, the red heifer, and the afar sota, the dirt of what we're discussing right now of the uh, sota uh, liquid, the sota drink. What about another mitzvah which we have, which is also um, dirt related? Va'ikanim, isn't there also the afar of the kisui hadam? If a chaya or an oaf is shechted, the blood is supposed to uh, be covered over with some dirt. Can't we say that that would be the schar of the uh, Avram using the term afar? Uh, no, because over there, it's not so much a benefit as it is a hechsher mitzvah. It, it simply prepares, it, it makes the mitzvah good. You can go ahead and you did a good shrita. You can eat the uh, the meat of that animal. hechsher mitzvika, but hana'a leika. There's no... Like direct benefit necessarily, and and if there is no direct benefit, you can't call it a kibble scar. Um, there is hana though by the case of a social woman, it brings peace in the relationship and and decreases the situations of mamzerim in uh, in the Jewish people, and certainly the paraduma is very beneficial in that it is Metaher, the uh, people who are tame name. In the merit that Avram said, uh, He didn't want to take any benefit. He said even from a string or a shoe strap, his uh, grandchildren, his descendants, the Jewish people, merited two mitzvahs that have to do with those two things, a string and a strap. That so would be the string of the four-corner garments that we have of the of tzitzit, and the ritzuah, the strap of tefillin. Okay, that's what the Jewish people merited. There's some significant benefit. Really. Bishlam, I squiggle, underline the bishlam. And three lines later, second word of the line is Ella. I squiggle, underline that Ella. Bishlama, we understand the Ritzuah shel tfillin that the Jewish people have tfillin, and there's a tremendous benefit in that. Dixiv, like the Pasuk says... All of the nations of the land will see that the name of the Lord is upon you. What is that referring to? Connector. We have a little brisa goes just under a line. Rabbi Eliezer got a that's actually referring to tefillin Shabarosh, the tefillin and their straps. So we understand the benefit of certainly having the nations fear us, Ella. I squiggle and line the word Ella. Ella. Chutshel Tcheles, the Tcheles string of the Tzitzis. maihi what's the uh, direct Hanah to the Jewish people in that? Well, Dissanya, like we see in the following Brisa, which goes for almost four lines and takes us to the next Mishnah. Hi, Rabbi Meir Oymer. Ma Nishtane what's like so unique about this uh, bluish type of dye that's used for the tzitzis as opposed to all of the colors? Well, if you look at the color, it's quite similar to the color of the ocean. The yam, and if you look off into the horizon where the ocean seems to meet the sky, they're quite similar. And the rakia, the sky, you is similar to the... Uh, honorable throne of the Rabunish, Shneamar, like the Pasuk says, by Uru, S. L. K. Israel, and the Jewish people where they were having a godly experience, almost a prophetic experience, they could see the God of Israel. And the way it's described, the uh, the, the, the divine that they witnessed was Tachas Raglav, underneath his feet, Kema'ase was like a Livnat Hasapir, like a like a Levana is usually like a, a brick. Of sapir would be sapphire, which is uh, bluish. and it was also just like the the essence of the sky uh, in its in its uh, purity or clarity. As we see the sapir, the blue of the throne, similar to the shamay muksev. And there is another passage that says kamare evin sapphire again, comparing the uh, appearance of a, a bluish sapphire to the. Uh, the likeness or the form of the throne of the Rabbanu Sholeilam. Says the Mishnah, um, when the Kohen is writing, what does he write on? What does he write with? Uh, what type of ink? What type of uh, paper or parchment, so to speak? So Eino Kaisif, he does not write the sota sukkim that he's then going to scrape off into the water. Luach, not on a wood board, niyar, or some sort of hemp-based uh, paper. And not even on animal skin that is not fully processed. Voyala diphtara, that's uh, animal skin, uh, which has had the um, salt treatment and the flour treatment. It just hasn't had the walnut juice treatment. Those are the three treatments that usually uh, an animal skin will go through to become uh, kosher parchment. Ella a la Megilla. He has to write on what we call cloth, kosher cloth that's had the Salt treatment, the flour treatment, and the nut juice treatment. Schneemar, like the pasuk says, ba safer that you have to write this. Mr. Cohen, this says sota psukim on a, a, a safer. Veino what type of ink? You uh, cannot write with uh, kumus or kankantum. Uh, those are all uh, inks that have maybe a more permanent nature to them. So if you uh, were to write with them and then try to scrape the letters off, some of the some of the mark of the letter would still remain, and therefore you can 't use them or for that matter, lo behold any type of uh, potential ink that might leave a, a mark afterwards would be unacceptable. Rather, you have to use the stuff basically that 's used to write like and uh, a that would be proper uh, ink that 's used to write fri andmar as the Pasuk says. Umacha. one of the things that Kohen's going to have to do is going to have to, after those letters dry, scrape off those letters, which it is indicating that the letters have to be written in the type of ink that originally, Ksav, a writing, that can be totally scraped off and erased. Amar Rava. Um, Rava is going to give us a whole slew of halachas when it comes to uh, writing this, uh, these psukim, this Megillah Saita. So I squiggled on Amar and uh, circled Rava's name. And we will uh, number off the issues. It's going to be essentially uh, six different points, and then there'll be a seventh where Rava asks. So the reason we squiggle and underline the Amar and circle Rava is because on Yudcha Samud Amud Aleph, on the fifth line near the end of the line, it says Boi Rava. I squiggle and underline the Boi and circle Rava. So Rava knows he's going to tell us uh, the following six uh, points, uh, four of which we'll see uh, at the end of this Amud. And then we'll uh, continue on Yud Ches. So here's the first thing that Rava says: Megillah Shikasso Belila. let's say the text of the Megillah, the Sota was written at night. I underline Shikasso Belila. I call it number one. P'sula. That would be no good, invalid. My time. What's the reason? Well, we have a Shava. Torah, Torah. Ksiv It says by um, the Sota, the Asal La ha-Kohen, and the Kohen should do for her as Kolha Teira so He uses the word Torah, all these uh things that we instructed you. Uksiv Hasim. There's another passage that says Alpiha Taira those would be the instructions, or what was uh, the, the, how it was supposed to be done. Asher yiruch ala mishpat. Now that's referring to the Sanhedrin that gives a uh, judgment on something that they they judge regarding a particular case. Now, just like the Sanhedrin, ma uh, mishpat the Sanhedrin sees cases and, and uh, paskins on cases during the day. After Megillah has to be written during the biyaim during the day period. Number two, I underline these two, uh, two words: Lema Freya. He writes out all of the words, but he writes, let's say, the last word of whatever is supposed to be written first, and then goes to the second to the last word, and then the third to the last word. In other words, he writes it backwards. Or he even writes the whole thing in order, but just one set of words is out of order. That would be Psula. In other words, it has to be written in order. like The Pasuk says, Vikasav es ha'alois ha. Ela, I squiggle and underline HaEla. These, which indicates to us, ki Dixiva, The same way they're written, which for our purposes means in the same order that those words are written. Period. Number three, I underline here to the end of the line. Kasva kaidim shtekabla leshvula. Let's say it was written out for her before she accepted upon herself the Shua. Psula, that would be invalid. How do we know that? Shenemar, because in Pasuk Chaf Aleph, it says, shpia, the Cohen administers the Shvua to the lady. And afterwards, and we'll say only afterwards, in Pasuk Chaf Gimel, does it say, and he writes it out. And finally, for the end of Daf Yud Zion, number four, Kosva Igeris. I underline Igeris. Igeris is the way you and I would write a letter. In other words, we don't pre-scrape out lines uh, to keep everything straight, we just write it on a say blank piece of paper. So if it was written without those pre-scraped out lines, psula, that would be invalid. Why? Because the Pasuk says, one word, quotation marks, amarachmana, and we know as the isinai*, that uh, tefillin, mezuzis, uh, sefer Torah require pre-scraping out uh, lines to write on, and if you don't have that, the migilis sita would be Invalid. Adkan.